This is episode 16 of Hoops Forum, a joint effort of Radius Athletics and a quick timeout podcast. I'm Tony Miller, and I'm joined once again by my co-host, Randy Sherman. Good to see you again, Randy. Thank you. Good to be back. We missed last week, so I'm excited to some decided to team up again and get some get get the conversation going. Yeah, me too. Fun topic today, too. Before we get going into that, though, big thanks to our sponsors over at 323 Sports for sponsoring Hoops Forum. We've talked about this long enough. Camp season is here. You need t-shirts. Your campers want them. 323 Sports has you covered. They have a moisture management uh, one-color print tee for $6.99 a piece. Your campers will love them. So make sure that you check those out at 323sports.com or you can contact a sales rep, sales at 323sports.com. They'll be sure to do it right for your sports program. The big news this week, the NFHS announcing that beginning with the 2022-2023 season, a 35-second shot clock will be permitted in high school basketball games by state association adoption. Uh, Just to be clear with this, high school associations, they're not required to use a shot clock, but it'll be up to the state associations to decide whether or not. By the way, this this isn't completely new. Uh, We've got states like California, Maryland, Massachusetts, New York, North Dakota, Rhode Island, South Dakota, Washington, quite a few states mm-hmm. um, that to some degree are use a shot clock as well. Some of the major high school tournaments that you watch on uh, national television use shot clocks. Randy, kind of your initial thoughts with this as far as how it relates to the high school game. Um, my initial thoughts is, you know, the winds of change have been blowing around this for a, a little while, you know, so. It seems like in the past handful of years, another almost annually, another state has has decided they were going to do it, despite it not being recommended by the NFHS that they were going going to do it anyway. You know, Georgia is is doing that. Arkansas approved that. So there's been sort of like this this growth curve of states doing it. Now they're now they'll be able to do it with the you know national federation's blessing. So. Yeah, I think, you know, the winds of change have been blowing. So hopefully, you know, coaches are are uh, preparing their minds to coach under a shot clock because it's probably coming some to some sooner than others in some locales. But but I think it's probably coming eventually. And we'll get to that in just a few moments, kind of how to prepare maybe your teams for this. It's an idea that even as Randy and I were talking before this, I think it's something that coaches have talked around a lot and some are in favor, some negatively opposed to it, some sometimes negatively opposed to it because of what it can, the cost maybe factors and personnel. We're not really going to get into that side of it, more sticking to what's going to happen on the court. Yeah. My initial thought with this, I said it in the intro, but a 35 second shot clock, I'm not sure it's going to change a whole lot. And there are certain aspects of the game that we'll address here. Uh, I saw somebody say uh, most teams can't maintain possession for 45 seconds without losing the ball anyways. So that I don't necessarily know that 10 less seconds is going to change a whole lot of that. I've heard of, of, of small, you know, a small number of coaches using this as a game strategy. You know, I think it's, I don't know if this is proven or not, but I think the idea maybe you can speak to this, Randy, it gives smaller teams or not as good of teams a chance for an upset. No, you mean not having a shot clock? Right, not having a shot clock. I, I suppose it yeah. it can in very rare instances, but they're out there. But yeah. uh, I think know, it goes to the point like the better teams are at some point going to come out and pressure you. It seems like the story all goes always goes like this: like we played this great team and we held the ball and did all you know we're very patient and and you know we. We we almost got them. We were down. We lost by six, you know. And if you know, well, 
still goes in that L column. So, you know, good job, I guess. But, you know, you didn't get beat by 50, but still goes in that L column. So um, I I just I think I would look at the 35 second um, shot clock. And I was talking about this with some coaches in in my uh, membership chat. you know, like if you drive like a school bus or a or a semi truck or something, there's there's what they have on it, what they call a governor, meaning it can you can't drive that thing a hundred something miles an hour. Like there's some mechanism. I'm not a mechanically inclined person, but there's some mechanism that limits how fast that vehicle will go for the safety of the passengers and whatnot, right? So this this is almost like the whatever would be the inverse of a governor, right? Like you can only go so slow now. Like you you can still play ball control. I mean, at thirty seconds, we still get a team like Virginia in college basketball, like it, at thirty seconds. So you can still play tempo control, patient basketball if that's what you like and what you think fits your team and 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 what you think gives you the best chance to win. You can still do that. So. Uh, you see examples of it all the time. I think what this does is is give sort of a an expected number of possessions in a game, at least a minimum, if you will, of 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 that that a coach can expect to to have to be able to play. Thirty five seconds will probably just exist in the background. You won't notice it for for most of the possessions, and it'll probably really only impact the end of quarters, end of half, end of game. That's that's really it. Yeah, you know the the again the idea that teams are just going to hold the ball and you know the comments you see here at the bottom like they they don't all all lose. The, no, they don't. You're right. and I said that. I said I hear it occasionally working yeah. out like I do. Yeah, but again, I think that's the argument that you can find an exception. There's outliers to everything. With the shot clock, that that's that's been that right's been taken away from you, and and you'll be okay. Right. I did see this quote, forcing these athletes to play faster and beat the clock could result in a sloppier game rather than a fast paced and smooth game at the higher levels. Do you agree with that? No, (laughs) I I would say coach them up. I mean, you you've got some new constraints, coach them up, get get teach your team to get good shots and play with that's that's on the coach. If they're you know, that, that would be my view on that. Yeah. Okay. So let's transition to that. This is the portion of the show. 14 year old French girls can do it with 24 seconds on the shot clock. I I think this big, bad Americans can probably figure it out. Right. Right. That's exactly right. All right. So this is the portion of the show called beyond the scoreboard presented by our partners over at sideline interactive, Uh, by the way, during the month of May, this is something coaches need to listen to this. They have a deal $6,600 plus shipping for a 10 foot scoreboard. And I have heard this isn't just like hearsay. But you get partnership deals with other sponsors in your community. I've heard of multiple schools making ten thousand or more dollars in a year. So this thing immediately pays itself back, and then you get pure profit after that. But this is only a deal that runs through the end of this month. So if you're interested in that, visit Sideline Interactive. We're going to have links at the bottom that you can click on. And just an incredible deal with them. So beyond the scoreboard here, let's talk about this. Let's talk about the obvious differences with game strategy. We already talked about mm-hmm. one, just holding the basketball, but you know, there there may not there may be some not so obvious strategies as well in regards to playing with the shot clock. Does anything come to your mind immediately game strategy wise? I guess the first question I should ask, do you ever coach in this, I know Texas doesn't. No, we don't. We didn't have one in Texas, and okay. still don't. I did coach in a couple of summer events back in the day, like at at team camps and things like that, where it was used, and just to kind of keep the games on. You know, you're at one of these events that 
you know, run on a tight schedule. So, so they use the shot clock to sort of keep the games on, on schedule and a few times, but no, I, I, I have not. I think, like I said, the biggest thing that you'll probably notice would be end of quarter, end of half, end of game where, and I'll watch a lot of high school basketball with my clients and you'll see a game where, you know, there's team will get a defensive rebound and there's like a minute 11 on the clock in the, in the, on the game clock and the coach starts, hold it, hold it, last shot. Let's get last shot. The minute and 11 seconds, you know, like that's now removed as an option or the idea that, that the end of game, you know, you've got to keep making plays rather than like, okay, well, we'll just dribble around with, you know, they'll foul us and we'll go make our free throws. This to me, you know, ensures that you, you've got to keep making basketball plays, keep running good offense, keep running good sets, good, Good, good. Have good possessions to 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 keep and maintain a lead instead of it just being a free throw battle and hold the ball. And to me, that's that's the best argument for shot clock is just player development. If I if my team has to keep making plays in order to win instead of doing the stall game or making free throws, if my team has to keep making plays to win because of the shot clock, then that makes me have to go back in my gym and do what? Be a better coach develop better players who can make better plays. Like I can't, I can't depend upon not playing, not basketball to win the game. You know, like I I have to keep making plays, which good. Like that's, that's who ought to win the team that keeps making plays. I saw an argument for potential for more zones. Do you think that that, that will be kind of the outgrowth of this? It could be. I, I, I think, you know, you don't see more, any, you know, a high number of teams playing zone at the college level. It's, it's, it's mostly man-to-man. There's a few out there that jump in and out of zone, some that play it exclusively. So we didn't have a shot clock where I coached. So as a result, I played a pressure style man-to-man on the line, up the line. Sort of my thought was our defense is your shot clock. We're going to speed you up with our pressure. We're going to make you drive the ball, you know, not, not maintain it and pass it around all day. So we use pressure to force tempo with our defense that's something I might think about dialing back a little bit with a shot clock because uh, I have this external constraint upon the my opponent to they can only you know piddle around so long now and I'm okay you know but uh, that might be something for me personally that I might look at about what I taught and what I believe in would be with a 30 35 second or 24 second shot clock I might not be so aggressive on the defensive end with all the denial trying to to force tempo with my defense because I got the box that's governing it for me to a degree. So I might be a little bit more compact and protective on certain passes and things like that than I was with, with our pressure style defense. So I'll give you, I'll just give you my best, the best lessons that I've learned from mm-hmm. playing with the shot clock. And this yeah, is with, you know, experience. yeah, for, for, you know, for 10 years, you start manipulating things and the comments have already come in. Um, you know, this is just the big schools whining about it. And so we have a shot clock. I would say from the small school that is outmatched in most games that it plays in that using the shot clock and using it to your advantage and how you can use it to your advantage can be a great asset. Um, so I'm actually the reverse of it and saying that if we didn't play with a shot clock, there would probably be some things that I now tools out of my hands that I don't have now that helps trim off. I am constantly as a smaller school, 
you know, less talented a lot of times, I'm constantly looking for ways that I can shave off points here, there. So for instance, we will a lot of times use a press. And again, inexperienced coaches think press, you go faster. But what you just talked about there, you can use a lot of presses. We'll use, for instance, our 2-2-1 press. And our 2-2-1 press is done simply nothing more than basically just containing and shaving seconds off of a shot clock. So yeah. by the time they get across, we're playing with 30 seconds, so it's a little bit different. But by the time they get across, they're already down to 21, 22 seconds. Then I get into the half court. Now this goes back to my zone question, something that I would encourage those of you to think about. So if you can shave off nine, eight, nine seconds with some sort of contained press defense, then you're left with 24 seconds or so. You now set back into a zone defense. And something that we've done is we've played several passes in a zone. And after those several passes, we'll switch over to a man or vice versa. You could match Mm -hmm. up in a man and then switch over to the zone. And just by switching your players, I guarantee at the high school level it will happen because it happens at the college level where the players are better. The high school players won't know what to do, so they'll pull the ball out. They'll look over to their coach. Their coach, from now having set man plays, they're already thinking about pressing. Now you got them transitioning to half court. They're thinking about, for instance, a man man play. And now after two passes, you switch to a zone where the coach is going to be now switching, trying to communicate a zone play to somebody. And now all of a sudden you have eight or nine seconds left on the shot clock. So yeah. for me, that that controlling me, controlling tempo through starting the beginning of a of a of a possession through a press to a man to a zone, you could very easily on multiple possessions be forcing the opponent to basically play within about seven to eight seconds every single time. I think that's a huge advantage. Yeah. I mean, there's probably some some benefits out there that those that are opposed to it aren't seeing because of their their argument and their their stance and that that they're maybe overlooking. So those those will be learned in time, you know, like I work with coaches in that are high school coaches in shot clock states. And I've yet to meet any of them who are like, yeah, I hate this dang thing. I wish they would have never done it. Most of them like the, like the game they coach with a shot clock. Even some of those who were opposed to it before it came to their state who were like, you know, I was wrong. It It's, it is better. It's, I, I do prefer it now that I've, I think the bias here, Tony, is is that if Naismith would have invented the game with one and it's like what we knew already, it would be like, yeah, shot clock. We wouldn't even – there would be no like opposition to it or any controversy about it. But because it's a change from what already is, the bigger picture is not – I'm not anti-shot clock. I'm anti-change. That's really what we're talking about here, in my opinion. So how does this, as a game strategy, how does this change how you, how a coach practices and even prepares their players? I think now we've got to, we've got to keep making plays. That should be your guiding light anyway. Like I think as a, as an end of game strategy, some things matter more. Like we've got to keep having good possessions. We've got to stay on the attack. We can't just sort of like, you know, we got an eight point lead with four minutes to go in a high school game. You might as well just go in your car and go home it's pretty much over. Now it's not. Um, so you've got a chance. That's another thing that, it, all right, a, a, a guy who feels he's out of games because of a talent deficiency. Now you've got a chance to, this team's got to shoot the ball. They can't just go to play the free throw game. So 
yeah, end of game strategy, you know, you've got you've got timeouts that you you can use to to get better possessions. Those aren't going away, you know, like I really don't see it being that different at that pace of 35 seconds. If you wanted to talk about strategy, I suppose you could start, you know, thinking about okay, we've got to have like an early clock, middle clock, late clock game in our offensive strategy where we're trying to create an advantage in the first part of the shot clock. Uh, you know, maybe we get a second or third attempt at that in the middle part of the clock. And then late clock, we have like a go-to thing. You see a lot of teams do a head tap or something like that to just to, at the end of the clock, we have to do something to generate a good shot. So those are some things I, I guess you could think about. I, I definitely think with a 24 second clock, you would, but 35, I mean, come on. It's not going to happen a lot, but to your point, the composure of, just feeling the pressure of seconds ticking off of a clock. And for some reason, as I observe, like at end of a half, a lot of times or a situation where people aren't used to that, they just start going haywire. They Their yeah. form on shots goes out the window. They just start rushing passes. And so composure decision-making, which is a big theme of our show, is like teaching your players to be more, make better decisions at the end of a clock. I've always told coaches that having a shot clock will make you a better coach. If you're interested in being a better coach, you should be for the shot clock, in my opinion. Just my opinion. Now, when we run a pick and roll or we run a screening action or we we like even like especially like say if it was 24 seconds, even more so. But like now we can we can you see teams just running like, you know, of continuity offense, just side to side to side to side to side, side to side to side to side and, and like. They're they're not reading the screen. They're not assessing what the defense is doing to use it to make an advantage. They're just basically doing it until the defense messes up and they score. Right? They're scoring because you're bad. In 24 second shot clock basketball, we have we don't we're probably only get, you know and and probably not so much at 35, but but like we're only going to get two to three attempts at setting a ball screen or setting an uh, or an off ball screen. So. Now I have to make sure my players can recognize what opportunities that action gave them. I can't just do it ad nauseum without really teaching the granular level detail of how to, how to use those actions because I'm, I, because without a shot clock, I can just, well, it doesn't matter if my kids are great at it or not. We can just do it and do it and do it and do it until someone messes up. Well, now you've got to be able to read the defense and get what little grain of advantage that might be there out of that action, because you're only going to get two or three shots at it. Mm -hmm. So you got to become a better teacher of those things. That's good. That's good. We practice something very practical. We, we practice things with shot clock. We practice drills with shot clock. So whether it's a small sided game, you know, Mm -hmm. an eight second shot clock, a 10 second shot clock, something like that, just so that the players feel the pressure and, My rule of thumb was was when we played one-on-one, it was with a five-second shot clock. Two-on-two, 10, three-on-three, 15, four-on-four, 20, five-on-five, 25 are up. Yeah, and it just gives them, again, a a situation in which they're forced to make pressure decisions while still executing fundamentally sound skills or plays or whatever that is. So that would be my my one main practical suggestion for you, you know, any, any kind of last second big thoughts on this? I know you gave, you know, the thought about making coaches better, but anything else? I would say that, that we're probably going to be a long time away from where this is like in every state and in every, just all that happened with this release that you, you shared and, and, and 
was now basically the, the, the high school federation just, just sort of left it up. Used to be there was a penalty. You lost membership or voting rights if your state went against and implemented a shot clock. Now there's not, but it's, they didn't, they stopped, they voted no to make it like a universal coming from the national high school federation mandate that all now they just sort of kicked the can down the road to the States. I think, you know, some States, depending on the progressiveness of their leadership and the, and the way their, their coaches and their membership in, in their States will adopt it right away. Some, it might be a long time coming. We're probably not going to get everybody playing with it in one fail swoop. Like, maybe people fear, <laughs> but um, mm. my advice to anybody would be get, be ready. So you don't have to get ready. If, uh, if you're against it, that's your prerogative and that's fine. Reasonable, reasonable people can disagree, but it's probably coming. So be ready. So you don't have to get ready when it does. I think it's one more move towards unifying our game. I'm all in favor of that. Uh, you know, yeah, that's summer wanting so even, a sh- wanting even a shorter shot clock, not everything is going to be made at once, but at least we're making small strides for it. So I'm in favor of it. Appreciate all of you who joined us this week. If you missed any part of the live show, you can go back and watch these, stream them on YouTube, Radius Athletics YouTube page. Even if you're not looking for this, Randy's got a lot of great other resources there. So go subscribe to his YouTube channel. If you want the audio version, just search a quick timeout and you'll find the audio version of the show there. For Randy Sherman, I'm Tony Miller. We'll talk to you again next week on Hoops Forum.